Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well. This is the vigil of Saint, the Feast of St. Matthew, which is tomorrow, second-class feast. I'm thrilled to be with you, dear ones. I wanted to continue this morning in our book, This is the Faith, because the, the most crucial thing we can do in these times is not hide away in fear, prepare, be wise, um, I've said it many times, make sure you have enough water and beans and rice and food and learn how to cook without electricity. Um, prepare your family, but you must know the faith. There's no more vital preparation than you're knowing your faith and passing it on to your children. I wanted to continue this morning in our book, This is the Faith, but at the moment I'm not able to get to it. So um, I read an article last night by Father John Hardin, um, who is, uh, I think, already venerable. He's up for canonization. Uh, magnificent, magnificent saint of God. And some years ago, he wrote How to Preserve the Catholic Family. And um, this may surprise you um, what his one point is. I'm going to read it. Our subject on how to preserve the Catholic family, he says, deserves more than a single conference. It deserves not only an hour's reflection, but a lifetime of prayerful meditation. Nothing less than the survival of the Catholic Church in one country after another is at stake. And I'll add to that, which is not original with me, nothing less than the survival of civilization is at stake. Um, without the Catholic Church, there is no civilization, Any, which is why the enemy is trying to destroy the civilization left and right. Anyone, Father Hardin says, who has any knowledge of the modern world realizes that the family in one country after another is in deep trouble. I, I'd have to see when Father Hardin wrote this, but 50, 60 years ago, perhaps, Nothing less than the survival of whole nations is at stake as we see the family life disintegrating. There are tens of millions of abortions annually throughout the world, and by now, scores of millions of people are living in what we call broken marriages, which means broken families. There must be some deep reason for this catastrophe, and there is. The disintegration um, of the family in one Western nation after another is the result of disintegration of Christianity in these societies. As a once Christian nation becomes de-Christianized, the family in these nations begins to break down. The breakdown of the family in once flourishing Christian countries is the consequence of a de-Christianized society. What then is the solution? It is obvious. Restore authentic Christianity, and you will restore family life. Beloved, 
you know, if you've been listening a while, this is my heart. Our uh, congregation of Benedictine religious uh, has a desire, above all things, to help restore God's design for the family. It's the only survival of civilization and of our families and of us. Um, How do we restore authentic Christianity? You have the power, I'm saying this before I read on with Father Hardin. You may be surprised at what he's going to say. We have, by the grace of God, dear ones, the power to do this, one family at a time, to live Christianity regardless of the culture, regardless of our neighbor, regardless of other Christians, regardless of other Catholics. We have the power within us, by the grace of God, to restore the family and Christianity in our homes. And one by one, we will restore Christianity to society. Father Hardin says, at this point, I will do something very unusual. I will restate our title, How to Preserve the Catholic Family. The restatement says, either, now listen, 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 either stop contraception or destroy the family. That could be the alternate title for this article. Either stop contraception or to destroy or destroy the family Take your choice. Why this restatement? Because contraception is the single most devastating cause for the breakdown of the family in the modern world. We fight abortion, and and rightly we should. But um, the fact is that the issue is contraception because it's contraception. It is against God's design. And if we can go against God's design of being open to life, well, we can go against God's design at any point. Uh, If we can uh, stop or actually, through contraceptives, uh, kill the uh, baby conceived in the womb, which many contraceptives are abortifacients, if we can do that, at what stage can't we? What if the baby's already conceived? Why can't we kill it then? Why can't we kill it after it's born? Why can't we kill it up to teenage years, whenever we want? What's the limitation? Once we accept, once we push God out of our lives and we accept that we are the master of our souls, our destinies, our present and our future, we do anything we want. And we have destroyed ourselves, our families, and our nation, and the world. That is what has happened. God in his mercy, I'm continuing now, allows evil that greater good may come as a result of the evil. He has allowed contraception to plague the modern world so that we may repent and return to our Father's house. That would be the greater good. I, says Father Hardin, I have deliberately restated the title of our conference in uncompromising language. This is a warning to all of us, married and single, the laity and the clergy, bishops, priests, deacons, and religious, parents, and children. Why do I say this? Because in greater or less measure, it has been the infidelity of so many professed Catholics in every state of life 
which has contributed to the disappearance of the family in once Christian cultures throughout the world. Beloved, we can say we, could, we live in an evil culture. Who is responsible for it? You say, well, not us. We're Catholics. Oh, yes. If you practice contraception, you are responsible for the degradation of Christianity and the dechristianization of our nation and the world. Are you a priest? Have you spoken against contraception? Maybe once in your life? How many times a year do you teach the, um, how a family, what a family is, how married couples should live? How many times a year do you teach the moral um, structure and teachings of the church? How many times have you told married couples not to contracept? If you haven't, dear fathers, you are guilty. If you have not, dear priests, dear bishops, you are guilty of destroying the sheep. How are the sheep to know without a shepherd? They can know, but you are responsible for teaching the sheep. Father Hardin says that his plan is to cover several aspects of this historic subject. There will be a series of statements followed by clear explanations, and then Father says what I hope will be an uncompromising conclusion. Obviously, Father John Harden gave this in a talk, and it's been transcribed. Since the Incarnation, Christianity is the foundation of the family. But I tell you, contraception um, is as old as the human race. The the, uh, prohibition against contraception. When Onan in the Old Testament... um, uh, wasted his um, his sperm, he was put to death. Contraception in the Old Testament was no less evil than in the New. Contraception undermines the foundation of the family. To preserve the family, Christianity must be restored in the modern world. And many could say, but it's too late. Come on, Mother, it's too late. No, it's never too late. It's never too late to live God's design. And if the whole world is blown up, you want to go to heaven. If you contracept, you are in mortal sin. And you may not receive the Eucharist, and you are not on your way to heaven. It's a grave evil. <clears throat> Father Harden says it may seem strange to say that since the incarnation, Christianity is the foundation of the family. What makes it sound strange is that the coming of Christ is so widely underestimated when God became man he did more than die on a cross to redeem a sinful world by his incarnation the God man revealed to the whole human race such truths of faith and morality as had never been known before since the beginning of the world we're going to list those truths beloved as soon as we come back from the faith you are welcome dear ones to call in um with anything on your heart, toll free, one 5483 You may text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Hello. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the station of the cross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we are live and we are um, at, uh, somewhat still at the beginning of an article by uh, Venerable John um, Harden, a magnificent priest who is up for canonization. Uh, I think it's uh, Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke that is at the head of that cause of his canonization. And the title is How um, to Restore uh, the Catholic Family, How to Preserve the Catholic Family. And the main point that Father Hardin is making is through um, the abolishment of contraception. Contraception, contra is against conception. Life between a man and a woman and no other um, is should be life-giving. The intimacy of marriage is to be life-giving love, not against, not to shut one another out, but to be fully open to life. There is no reason whatsoever for contraception, absolutely no reason for contraception. If um, um, God has given us um, the natural rhythm, rhythm of our body um, that we could find what's called natural family planning. I don't like that. We shouldn't be planning our families. But natural family procreation, if we have a serious reason for not having a child or another child, it could be mental, 
it could be physical, it could be financial, uh, tremendous hardship. Um, God has given us the option of uh, living in the rhythm of our bodies so that we are not intimate during our most fertile times, and then we leave it in God's hands. But absolutely no matter of contraception. Natural family planning is not Catholic birth control. It's not against conception. It is a time where a couple refrains from intimacy um, in, and, and spends that time in prayer in order to ask God to provide their needs. I will continue with Father Hardin's point here. He says, By his incarnation, the God-man revealed to the whole human race such truths of faith and morality as had never been known before since the beginning of the world. Among these truths which the Son of God revealed, the central truth was the truth of love, that God is love, the eternal love of the Holy Trinity, that out of love, God created man out of nothing, and that out of love, God put other people into our lives so that by loving them we might prove our love for him, that out of love, God became man to die for us and gives us the privilege of dying to ourselves out of love for those whom he places into our lives. It was not coincidental, but divinely ordained, that when God became man, he became a member of a family. It was divinely ordained that the incarnate God made monogamy binding on all his married followers, one man with one woman, faithful to each other in marital chastity until death. Beloved young people, do we need to live a life of chastity prior to marriage? We do. Do we need to live a life of chastity within marriage? We absolutely do. To be chastity, to be chaste is to be faithful to our calling. If you are married woman, you are faithful to your husband. If you are married man, you are faithful to your wife. If you are not married, you are faithful to the calling that God will show you. It was divinely ordained that Christ should have instituted the vocation of celibacy, of consecrated chastity. Why? To show his married followers the power of divine grace in controlling the desires of the flesh. If priests take a vow of celibacy, if uh, nuns, religious, take a vow of chastity, which we do, are we less human? Absolutely not. We're just as fully human, but by the grace and power of God, we can control our fleshly desires and redirect them to the salvation of souls. And certainly, Father Hardin saying, if single people or consecrated people can do that, certainly people in married life can be chaste and control the desires of the flesh and have no one outside of their marriage, be intimate with no one outside of their marriage, and certainly refrain from one week a month, if that's needed, uh, to um, uh, postpone a uh, potential pregnancy that would be a great hardship for the family. 
It was not coincidental, but divinely ordained that Christ's followers would master even their disorderly thoughts and sexually perverse desires. So far from taking back the Old Testament precept to increase and multiply, the Savior told his followers to let the children come unto me, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Indeed, we adults need children to become as little ones in humility and thus enter the kingdom of heaven. How then is Christianity the foundation of the family? It is the foundation of the family in teaching and providing grace for the practice of selfless love. Without love, the family either does not exist or if it exists, it will be destroyed. Contraception, beloved, undermines the foundation of the family. Those who practice contraception can be militant in their claim that contraception does not undermine the foundation of the family. They will give every conceivable reason for practicing artificial birth control, such as the pressure of conformity to the practice of married people in today's society, the economic pressure of keeping up one's standard of living with each additional child, the social pressure of being told by other married people, what, another child? As though the pregnancy of a wife was something out of order or motherhood a liability on society. The political system of a nation which discourages larger families and penalizes those who have children. In Russia, during the 70 years of communist occupation, the average number of abortions each year was 16 million. And houses were built like prison cells to house no more than two children per couple. Now in Red China, the law forbids a woman having more than one child. The social structure of a nation which favors feminism discourages women from having children so they can be productive for the people. Thus, in our country, the majority of employed personnel in every sector of business and industry are women. This works havoc with even wanting a family. It encourages late marriages with their high percentage of sterility. At the root of these factors, which undermine the family, is the contraceptive mentality. In order to bring out in stark contrast the teaching of Christ on selfless charity and the selfish philosophy of the contraceptive mentality, it will be worth looking at each with absolute frankness and sincerity. Beloved, we won't be able to finish this article today because I do want to go to your calls and emails. But if you are Catholic, there are people uh, that I know, uh, they marry beautiful young new couples and they contracept for two, three years um, until they have a home and enough money to build a family. If you contracept, your marriage has not been concluded. It has not been concluded. If you have not been intimate apart from contraception, then your marriage has not been consumed, or uh, what's the right word, consummated, and you are living in sin. If you have contracepted all these years because you didn't know, or by the time you knew contraceptive was mortal sin, intrinsic evil, you said, well, we've been doing it all these years, we're not gonna change now. If you don't change now, you are on your way to hell. You must change. 
Don't call yourself a Catholic. Do not receive communion if you are receiving contraception, if you are um, using contraception of any kind. If you say your priest told you under your circumstances, whatever they are, it's allowed, your priest will be responsible for your eternity in hell, and he is headed there himself. Contraception is evil, end of story. There is no reason, there is no excuse for contraception, absolutely none. There are couples who have been prescribed the birth control pill because of a disorder in the woman's um, system. I understand that, that it can regulate you. That I understand. It could also prevent you from having children in the future, but that's not always the case. If you are on birth control, if you've been described that as a medical necessity for your healing, that is okay, but you must not have sexual intercourse during the time you're taking that pill. Even if you're taking it for five years, you must be celibate, even with your husband. You must be. This is inconvenient, isn't it, beloved? But the problem is that we have become the captain of our body, the judge of our souls. we, We want what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. And if we continue to do that, there's no heaven for you. There's no heaven for any soul who contracepts. None. This is the teaching of Christ. And the words of God, Father Hardin says, become, um, the words of God become man could not be plainer. Quote, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, John 15. Greater love has this, has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And these things I command you that you have love for one another, all from John 15. By this Christ tells us, We shall all now know that we are Christ's disciples if we have love for one another. So literally did the early Christians take Christ's teaching that this selflessness which they had for one another was the single principal reason for the miraculous conversion of so many pagans to Christianity. One thing should be added, however. The selfless love of the early Christians was especially manifest in their strong family life. Do I say strong family life? There was no family life until Christianity began to convert the Roman Empire. As Christianity took root, not only contraception disappeared among the followers of Christ, but abortion and divorce and infanticide. We're going to stop there, dear ones. Um, I'm so tempted to continue this article. We're just halfway through it, and we will continue tomorrow. Um, You must get together with your spouse if you're contracepting. If one of you is Catholic and not the other one, you may not give in to contraception in order to keep your marriage together. You may not, because you're putting yourself and your spouse on the way to hell. It's not a matter of whether you believe it or not. It's the teaching of Christ, and you must obey it. 
And if your husband says, if, you contrac- if we can't contracept, we'll never be intimate again, you must accept that. If he says that I'll leave, you have to accept that. We'll be right back. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 20th. Today we celebrate Saints Andrew Kim Taigon, Paul Chung Husong, and Companions. Christianity came slowly to Korea, beginning in the late 1500s. 200 years later, a small homegrown church had taken root. The son of Christian converts, Andrew Kim, was born in 1821. Andrew studied for the priesthood in China. When he returned home, he helped missionaries enter the country by a water route that would elude the border patrol. The first native-born Korean priest, he was arrested, tortured, and finally beheaded near Seoul in 1846. His father, Ignatius Kim, had been martyred in 1839. Paul Chung, a married layman, lost several family members to martyrdom. He risked his life, making repeated journeys to China in an effort to find priests who would come to Korea and serve the young church. He was martyred in 1839. When John Paul II visited Korea in 1984, he canonized the two of them, along with 98 other Koreans and three French missionaries who had been martyred between 1839 and 1867. The Pope called them the leaven that led to the splendid flowering of the church in Korea. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and this is our half hour all to ourselves. And I invite you to call in with anything on your heart. As I've often said, the matter of the heart, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. It does not need to be our subject, but yours. The toll-free number, you can call in with your name or anonymous, not an issue. Uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. I have two announcements this morning. One is from LifeSite News who says, you know how important it is to get truthful and transparent news straight to your inbox and free from censorship. We know you want to be in the loop about what your children are learning in schools and how we must do everything we can to preserve our precious faith for our children and our children's children. You know, this is equally my message and our message. That's why I'm so pleased to share that LifeSite News has started a new initiative called 25 Years a legacy of life. Beloved, you know I was at the Naples 25-year anniversary gala. Uh, I think there were about 700 people there. 
utterly magnificent. The staff, the people, John Henry Weston, Steve Jalsik, um, so many people. It was so fantastic finally to come together with that magnificent family. And they have begun 25 years, a legacy of life, which exists to bring you fresh content, faith-filled news, and stories you can trust. Uh, join LifeSite as they fight to preserve this legacy for the next 25 years. I want to tell you, I personally have, we as a religious community has, I cannot think of any pro-life site worth and worthy of supporting more than life site news. They've been attacked a zillion times because they are faithful to the teachings of the Catholic Church and their pro-life mission. The next generation depends on it on their having another 25 years. Join this legacy today by visiting give, G-I-V-E dot, lifesitenews.com to make a donation if you wish, and my, may God bless and love you. Very, very important. Um, we have a week uh, left for their um, legacy, and I'll refresh that, the message, every single day, dear ones. The second message is... We are getting wonderfully settled in Tyler, Texas. Um, uh, I I cannot tell you uh, the wonderful people. I'm going to give you their names, Pete and Sally uh, Dufek and Paul and Christy Youngen and um, uh, John and Ruby Reyes. I probably shouldn't be announcing their names. They wouldn't want me to, but so many. They just don't stop doing a zillion things for us. And it's just so wonderful. So um, we're going to soon take it this evening. We're going to survey the 10 acres they've given us and try to pave an entrance. Um, All of that. It's so very beautiful. We haven't been able to send out our first newsletter yet. We haven't half unpacked yet. There's so much to do. Um, And if you wish to help us with the cost of all this new life here in Tyler, uh, at the moment, uh, the best thing to do, people have asked, is go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, and just click on Donate, and it'll it'll guide you through that. And um, we we would, of course, uh, thank God for you to do that. But in addition to that, we need to hire two full-time people. This is amazing. One of them uh, is a finance uh, contact data person, full-time, uh, to handle our, not a CPA necessarily, but a, but someone who has dealt with finances, QuickBooks, simple things, depositing checks, uh, keeping records, uh, someone who can handle, keep updated our contact database and do some filing and a tiny other little, someone real organized and detail oriented. Um, we would, we, we use, by the way, Little Green Light. If anybody is out there who knows the contact database, Little Green Light, that would be an enormous bonus. If not, we'll train you in. We don't have a salary for these jobs yet, uh, decided. We'll come together, whoever it is, and, and figure out a salary that you, that you need. It won't be a problem, especially if it's a family. So, um, and if you're in Tyler, that's terrific. And if you're not, and you can relocate, that would be wonderful too. So the first job is for a um, financial contact database, detail-oriented person. The second job is for an executive assist- assistant. 
um, uh, that I need personally to assist me in a zillion things. Someone, um, both people must be Catholic. Um, the contact database finance person does does not necessarily need to be a man if he's local and can work from home. He can come back and forth, but he must be local, and then he can work from home. Um, but the woman I'm looking for, it has to be a woman to assist me, and it could be any age, any age at all, but she must be very mature and very Catholic and very organized with follow-through and... Um, self-starter and all those good words. Uh, good on the computer, a good typist, um, wonderful with people, and my right arm. So uh, for, again, we don't know salary, um, but for both of those jobs, go ahead and email me uh, at mail, M-A-I-L, at the, uh, no, not the station, but mail at motherofisraelshope.org. And if you uh, lose that email address, just go to motherofisraelshope.org um, under the contact button and you'll get our email. Okay, God bless you. We don't have a phone number here yet. Many people have asked, we don't have internet and we don't have phone lines. We are really out in the country. Um, I'm, I'm coming to you from Monica's house across the street from our Latin parish. So blessed be God for Monica. But we're hoping in a few months from now we will have internet and phone. But right now all we have are cell phones. And um, it's not what I uh, can make public. So the email is the only way really to contact us. Okay, God bless you. And we're going to go now um, to our emails. We've had an email up for a while from somebody has... Uh, written in anonymously, who says, Hi, Mother, at what point can a pope lose his office today? Thank you. You know, I've I've hesitated uh, taking this email for a little bit because I've been trying to look up the answer, and I don't see it. Um, many people have different thoughts, but I don't see anything canonically at the moment of how a pope can lose his office today. Um, if he's validly elected pope... And that's, of course, a bit of a challenge with this pope uh, to say whether he's validly elected or not, but I cannot say he's not. And so if he's validly elected, I don't think even if he's a heretic, which our Holy Father is teaching heresy, which makes him a heretic. Um, But I still don't see canon law which can depose him, uh, even if he teaches error or heresy. So if anyone knows the answer to that, I would love you to let me know. Um, uh, I would love that information and uh, you, to support it with canon law. That would be very, very wonderful. I would appreciate it very much. We have a call from Anne in Buffalo. Hi, Anne. Hello. How are you, Mother? I'm fine, sweetheart. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing better and better. Um, God bless you, and you've been so wonderful in my life. I pray for you and your health every day. Blessed be God, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you. You're welcome. I so my question really is is about my own life, but in general, I wonder if other callers might wonder the same thing. Um, I uh, entered into an abusive marriage that I was unaware of, I, and I never experienced any experienced any amount of abuse from my husband until our wedding night. Oh, um, and, yeah. So I I didn't consider um, 
divorce. I didn't believe in a divorce. Um, I, I kept it to myself and there were two children, beautiful, beautiful girls that came from that, um, union. And Mm -hmm. at at some point I had to, because he threatened my children to to seek divorce in an moment, which I was granted, um, for the next 12 years, my entire focus mother was making sure my children knew unconditional love. And I am lucky to say today they're in their uh, later 20s and they're beautiful children. They need a little push from their mother about uh, staying on the right path with God. But again, that's why I'm here. (laughs) Um, And um, but they are good, good people. Um, And they are doing their best to get closer to God. And I pray for them every day, too. so I'm getting to my question. I remarried 12 years later, met someone, and he was wonderful in my life. And for my children, he took on a role of being a father, which was beautiful. They loved him very much, and he died at 51. So at that point, I had a total transformation, Mother, and um, you would think that maybe I would feel... Uh, why God, but I realized that God had a plan for me and, and for him and, and my husband. And I have for the last four years been carrying on without my husband. And I look back on my life when I listen to you and I find myself saying, I, I, I'm in big trouble. I thought I was doing things right but I really was off the path. You talk about contraception, um, and I did use contraception. I also had a a medical condition, but I did use it um, and have relations with my husband, obviously, during that time. And I was not under the impression that this was a mortal sin, that this was not encouraged or liked or however we want to say that but there's no excuse for that now in my life i need to i have confessed it but i feel as if i need to do more mother i feel like i'm still learning and i'm i learn new things every day and i want to do the right things and i look back though and see the things that i didn't do well at all and it's troublesome to move forward how do i move forward okay this is very good Anne. um to begin with um when a sin is is evil grave such as contraception it is always grave for it to be mortal it needs to be grave you need to know that it's grave that it would separate you from god and you need to do it of your own free will so you're not there's not a gun at your back there's not you know you're not drugged so uh the accountability for your uh, contraception in your circumstance uh, it is sin um the degree to which it might be mortal god alone knows but um You've confessed it, which is good. Um, I found in my life, and when I've confessed sin, regardless of the degree of sin, and it still troubles me, I went to a priest once and I said, you know, Father, I've confessed this before, but 
I'm still troubled by it. I, I believe the church. I know I'm forgiven, but I'm still really troubled by it. And the priest said to me at that time, he said, it may be because you never did sufficient penance. And he gave me a penance, and I did it, and I've been free from it, Anne. So you might go to a priest and say that you have contraceptive through your life, and you don't have to give him the whole story, but just that uh, in, in circumstances you have, you've been married twice, and you have contraceptive. Um, and um, it was your choice, even though you had difficult circumstances. Um, and tell him you've confessed it before, but you're still troubled by it. And uh, you're wondering if he could not only affirm your forgiveness, but give you perhaps a suitable penance that would help you to be freed from it. Thank you, Mother. Okay. I can't, yeah. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, sweetheart. You're welcome. There's the music for our final break, dear ones. Um, and uh, we'll be right back after the break. And you've got 10 minutes and you're free to call in still with anything on your heart. one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back. is fascinating, mysterious, complex, and potentially dangerous. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're hosting a new show Saturdays on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. We'll help you uncover some of the mysteries and answer your questions about angels, demons, eternal life, and how the spiritual and the physical worlds interact. Join us for The Spirit World every Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on the Station of the Cross. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. The Associated Press recently interviewed Nebraska Dr. Leroy Carhart and Colorado Dr. Warren Hearn, both of whom spoke about how they perform abortions in the third trimester of pregnancy. Abortions in the seventh, eighth, and ninth months of pregnancy are in fact happening legally in America. Many Americans find that hard to believe. Nobody should ever be allowed to deny it again. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes and good enough time for you to call in if you wish. Still, one 511 We're going to go to a text from Sean. Sean says, good morning. I've recently come back to my faith, and I have many questions, but the main one is this. Why does no one say Roman Catholic anymore? <laughs> I was baptized as a baby, and it said Roman Catholic on my dog tags <laughs> in the uh, Marine Corps. Why does nobody use that term now? Um, I don't know, Sean. Uh, we are Roman Catholic, and the reason that we're Roman Catholic is because our um, head, our Holy Father, the Magisterium, uh, is in Rome on the seat of Peter. And so um, I guess people have just become... Uh, we've dropped... I, I'm trying to think of... Uh, Lots of uh, sayings or, or formal uh, topics, we've or formal names that we just we become too casual. So we're not Roman Catholic; we're Catholic. Um, and I, uh, I personally uh, say I'm Catholic rather than Roman Catholic because when I say Roman Catholic, I don't want to distinguish it from any other kind of Catholic. Um, if we say Roman Catholic, we're distinguishing it from the Eastern Catholics. Um, but the fact is we're Catholic, and so I, I don't know why uh, people don't say it anymore. It's fine to say it. Uh, I guess it's fine to not say it. Um, maybe Roman, the word, brings up more questions today than it ever did before. Um, I don't know, Sean, but it's a good good observation on your part. And blessed be God that you've come back to your faith. Uh, blessed be God, Sean. God bless you, and I hope that you can dig, dig, dig deep into the faith of your childhood. God bless you, my brother. We have an email from somebody who writes it anonymously and says, Hi, Mother. I'm the youngest of three sisters. I'm 63, so this is nothing new. I adore my two sisters. I always have. They adore each other and spend a lot of time together. Although I don't think they dislike me, they clearly don't want to include me in their activities, and that hurts me. A few years ago, I confronted one of my sisters with my feelings about this. It would be nice to be included now and then. She explained that I need to understand that they are, quote, unquote, friends. Oh, shame on that sister. Shame on her. They would be friends even if they were not sisters. I was speechless. I understand. I would be speechless too. That, that's an awfully selfish, unloving response to you. How awful. Apparently, we are not friends, just sisters. Well, that obviously is apparently so. I agree. I always thought sisters were the best kinds of friends. Well, that's not true. Uh, they might be, but that's not true that they're the best kinds of friends. There are sisters that really are one another's best friends. There are sisters who are one another's worst enemies and everything in between. Same thing with mothers and daughters could be friends and other mothers and daughters uh, repel each other. So it's not true that um, sisters were the best kinds of friends necessarily. Um, she says, I accepted this situation long ago, but how can I make it stop hurting? You know, sweetheart, um, I don't think you're going to make it stop hurting. I think that is a wound that is going to last the rest of your life, and you're not at fault for that. That is an awful wound. Shame on your sister 
for putting that knife in your heart, for being so self, uh, selfish that um, both your sisters could not find a way to uh, deal with this better. Um, so um, I would just say there's no way to make it stop hurting because it, it's simply a wound that's probably going to last the rest of your life. Uh, there's two things I would uh, uh, advise. Number one, that you accept it from God because God allowed it. God allowed it. And I, too, was once uh, terribly, awfully, and instantly separated from someone I loved very, very much in this world. And it was unfathomable to me that I could be so hurt and so separated from someone who meant so much to me. And on the spot, um, I, I thought I might have a breakdown from it. It was so devastating. But on the spot, I said to God, you must want me all to yourself because the lifeline I have on earth is gone. The lifeline I have on earth is gone, dear Lord. And you allowed that. I will trust you for this. Does it hurt? Yes. Does it stab? Yes. Is it an enormous loss? It is. But Lord, you must want me all to yourself. And I will tell you, dear one, that that deepened my walk and relationship with God more than anything else has ever done. Not out of resentment, not out of spite, out of acceptance of God's providence and sovereignty and love in my life. And so whenever I think of the hurt or the people that were involved in this situation, I simply offer my sufferings for them, and I pray for them, and I bless God for his wisdom and knowledge that indeed has drawn me closer to him. Let me see if we have time uh, for another email. Um, from Linda, she says, Good morning, dear mother. My sister committed suicide four years ago. I'm so sorry, Linda. And I'm so worried whether she is able to go to heaven. She was a very troubled person. And I pray there's no one but a troubled person who would commit suicide. That's a given. Um, she's a very troubled person, and I pray that for her last minute she was able to see God and make reparations for her soul. How does the Catholic Church view suicide? Simply as murder. It's a very grave, grave sin. Um, thank you so much for being here for us and refreshing our Catholic teachings. May God shower you with his blessings, Linda. Thank you, Linda. The Catholic Church views suicide as a grave, grave sin. Now, whether it's mortal, mortal or not, it's grave in every case. It's murder in every case is grave. Whether or not it's mortal for the soul, only God knows. Because again, for, some, for it to be mortal, the person needs to know it's mortal and be completely free in their right mind and not have a gun to their back in any way um, and choose it. I know of other people that have committed suicide, um, but there's no one, I believe, who commits suicide who, whose heart we can know. We need to leave them with God. We know it's grave sin, and it's murder, and uh, it may well be that the people who commit suicide, like Judas Iscariot, have utterly rejected God, because Judas is in hell. Um, but 
we can never know the heart and soul of a person. I've told the story before where someone asked Father John Harden, uh, someone they knew committed suicide, jumped off a bridge into the water below. And fathers, and they were atheists or against God, and Father Harden said, how many... Uh, how much time do you think it would have taken them from the bridge to hit the water? And they said, I don't know, maybe seven seconds. And Father Harden said, you have no idea what God could have done in those seven seconds. We never, ever know, dear ones. We don't know. So you pray for that person. They may be in purgatory uh, or not, but pray for them. Don't ever stop praying for that soul. And if they are in heaven or in hell, If they cannot use your prayers, our Blessed Mother will apply them to souls who can't use your prayers. Okay, God bless you. God bless you all, and um, we'll be with you tomorrow. Live your faith as if it's true. And again, today's subject, if you are contracepting, stop. And if you say, but my husband will leave me, my wife will leave me, let them leave rather than put yourself into an eternity and your spouse who you claim to love into an eternity in hell you must stop not this weekend not after you have a talk with them but never contracept again as of this minute we'll speak with you tomorrow god bless you